What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 13 of Know the Game. It's been um, a few months since the last episode of Know the Game, and the last episode was a solo one. And as you can see, uh, Gavin is back here for another episode. Both on Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're both on Thanksgiving break, so we both have the time out here to do the podcast. Um, just a, uh, yeah, let's let's run down what we're going to talk about today. Uh, in the NFL, we'll go over the Thanksgiving games as well as the MVP race. Um, in the MLB, it's free agency time, so the hot stove is, is very much alive. So we'll go over some signings, some rumors, um, where predictions of where some guys will end up going. And then in the NBA, Steph Curry is like the best player ever. Um, the Lakers struggles, rookie of the year race, and then college football. We'll talk about the top four teams and some stuff around college football. And then uh, we may perhaps end it off with a little ranking. But yeah, Gavin, let's get this thing started here with the NFL Thanksgiving games. Take it away. So yesterday was Thanksgiving. So, you know, a lot of NFL games. No, yesterday, and uh, traditions also with the Lions and Cowboys both playing. Lions uh, was an early game. Guarantee you nobody was up to watch that game because it was Lions against the Bears. Lions had a lead with one second left in the game, but the Bears took a field goal to win the game. I think that was the first time I ever actually see the Bears saw the Bears like make a field goal ever. And uh, you know the the Bears. Barely beat the Lions 16 to 14. You know, the Lions continue their struggles this season. And uh, at this point, just stop winning. Just don't even try to win any games. Try to get the first overall pick, you know, to get that defensive end from Oregon, you know, top guy in every single mock draft. But moving over to the Cowboys and Raiders game, uh, Cowboys lost in overtime. Against the Raiders in third, 33 to 30, 36 to 33, and the Bills destroyed the Saints 31 to six, breaking Sean Payton's record for uh, undefeated on holidays. Uh, I mean, beginning with the Lions and Bears game, that game was just so bad, bro. It was horrible. The only reason those two teams are playing on Thanksgiving is because the Lions have to play on Thanksgiving for some reason. Like, just because they did a lot, they've been doing it forever, doesn't mean they have to do it now since they suck. Um, that game was just bad because both these quarterbacks that played, Justin Fields didn't play, which was a very weird thing. It, they didn't say he was out with injury from what I, what I saw. They just didn't start him. They played Andy Dalton, who put up 317 yards, one touchdown, one pick. And Jared Goff, who has been horrible with the Lions ever since getting traded there. He threw two touchdowns on the on the day. The only points that the Lions put up on the board. I mean, both of these teams they just suck. So there's not really a lot of highlights, I guess you could say. There, the Bears go up to four and seven, which doesn't do anything for them, and the Lions still have the worst record in football. Um, yeah, I think the best game of the day, in my opinion, was by far the uh, the Raiders and the Cowboys game. Even if that game was the Cowboys versus the refs. At the end of the day, that was like the closest game. Went to overtime. Uh, what else, what more do you have to say, like on this game and the performance you saw from the Cowboys? Well, you know, going into the season, I just want to first of all, I want to see say that Greg Zerline sucks. You know, going into the season, he had back surgery, and you know, as I, you know, the Cowboys are looking at this like, you know, dude. You just had back surgery, you know, maybe we'll give you a week. The first week, if you're not, if you're missing a bunch of field goals left and right, we're sorry, but we're going to have to cut you. Week one, that's what he did. He cost the Cowboys the L in week one. And he's pretty much been, you know, doing that. These, the, this, this game too, you know, you know, like he missed a 59 yarder. I mean, yeah, it's 59 yards, but he had the power. He just hit the crossbar. And then, you know, he missed an extra point. 
Also, Anthony Brown had four defensive pass interference calls. You know, that's not really acceptable at all, like, to have four defensive pass interference, let alone four flags against you as a person. You know, most of the flags that were called on him were, like, deep balls, and most of them were on, like, third down. Cowboys could have had a lot of stops. But uh, Anthony Brown, you know, lost in the game for the Cowboys, letting the Raiders drive down the field. And also a lot of, you know, terrible calls. But, hey, not here to complain. Even though I yeah, I mean, uh, Greg Zerline has, has missed five field goals this season. That's bad. You you don't deserve to be a kicker in the NFL when you're going to miss that many field goals. He's missed so many in his career. He won, In 2015, he missed 10 field goals one season. Uh, I don't know how he has a job in the NFL. But for the rest of the game, there was a lot of penalties on the Cowboys, especially late in the game. Anthony Brown really, uh, he, he cost cost them the game, cost Cowboys the game. Uh, Dak, played, Dak played very good, though. You know, 32 for 47 with two touchdowns. 375, um, and Michael Gallup, he he led the, the Cowboys in receiving yards. Well, ultimately, I, I it just was the penalties and the struggles that the Cowboys had not getting penalties that, that hurt them, and, and the defense, too. The defense also hurt the Cowboys in that context. Well, you know, like, the Cowboys, they've been doing really good this season. You know, the uh, it kind of looks like the AFC West is really hurting them. You know, they beat the they, – yeah, they beat the Chargers, but they lost to the Broncos, Chiefs, and Raiders. So, you know, the AFC West is pretty much the uh, the nightmare for the Cowboys this season. But uh, you have anything to say about the, the Bills and Saints game? Because the Bills destroyed the heck out of the Saints, uh, 31-6. We have to say about that. I think this was a must-win game for the Bills. You know, the Patriots uh, coming into last night were first place in the AFC East at seven and four. And the, if the Bills didn't win this game, they would have not been in the playoff race. Currently, they would have been just outside of it. And I mean, it was, it was crucial. The, the Bills started off the season with a loss, but then they came back and they won a bunch of games. And then they took, they lost to the Jaguars, not even scoring a single touchdown. And then they go out and they lose to the the uh, the Indianapolis Colts. They get stomped on by them. So this was a must-win game for them if they want to stay in the top of the AFC and the AFC East. And they go out and they, they dominate. Their defense plays shut down. Um, and then Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs show why they are one of the best wide receiver quarterback duos in the NFL. Um, moving on to the, uh, MVP race, um, in the NFL, you know, honestly, for me, it's, it's around two people right now. There's some guys that you can throw in there. Um, but for me, it's between Tom Brady and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady has, uh, had, you know, a terrific year this year so so far. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what to say about Tom Brady. I mean, if he wins another MVP this year, I don't even know what to say about him. Like, he's not human. And also, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he has been outstanding. He put up five touchdowns uh, last last week. Jonathan Taylor, you know, it's his second year in the league. And him, he, he's probably the best running back in the league right now. I mean, yeah, you can say Derrick Henry, but uh, he's been – he or not, you know, count him because he's injured – if Derrick Henry was healthy, him he would probably be here instead of Jonathan Taylor if he kept up those numbers that he did before he got injured. But uh, you know, for me right now, it's Tom Brady and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I, I think it's those two as well. I think if Aaron Rodgers never went out with COVID during the season, I think he would be up here because he's having an amazing season. Uh, Kyler Murray, if if Kyler Murray hasn't missed the past three to four weeks with any injuries. He had he had been balling out all season. He'd been one of the best quarterbacks in football, and then even Lamar Jackson, but he's missed some time. But these two guys, Brady and Taylor, are the guys that haven't missed any time this season. They're both putting up phenomenal numbers. I mean, Tom Brady already has three thousand yards. He has twenty nine touchdowns and eight picks at forty three years old. 
We've never seen anything like that. And that, that alone is an MVP season. But then when you look at Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he already has three touchdowns rushing on the season and at 1,000 yards. And we're only, in, we're only entering week uh, 13 on the NFL se- week 12 on the NFL season. Um, there's a lot of football to be played left. The betting odd favorite right now is Tom Brady. I would not be surprised if Tom Brady wins it, but I definitely think Jonathan Taylor, if this is a year that a running back finally wins MVP, I think this should be the year, and it's got to be Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, really, if you look at this year, you know, this year isn't really about the quarterbacks at all. I mean, it's about the other players, like uh, like uh, Jonathan Taylor, for example, um, Cooper Cup, you know, Trayvon Diggs, Miles Garrett. Like, all these guys have are having terrific, like, phenomenal seasons so far, and, like, all of them, except besides Jonathan Taylor, are probably not even going to be in the MVP, like, top five consideration. I'm not saying, as, as a Cowboys fan, I'm not saying Trayvon Diggs deserves to be here because he doesn't, but all the picks he has, you know, but whatever. I mean, Cooper Cup has been phenomenal for the Rams. So has Matthew Stafford. I mean, he deserves to be here, too. Yeah. Uh, another guy that, you know, you could maybe talk about is Derek Carr, who just had a really good game against the Cowboys. Um. I was I actually was a believer in Derek Carr. Everybody says he sucks. I said he's underrated, which he is. He's not getting the the, the credit that he deserves. You know, he's been really good this season, but I mean, you can't really you can't compare these other guys to to what Tom Brady and Jonathan Taylor are both doing right now. Do you think Derek Carr is a top ten quarterback? Well. Uh, I think there's, you know, right now, as of this season, I think he could be a top 10 quarterback as of this season. But, like, going into the season, I don't think – I think he'd maybe about, like, 12 or 13 to 12, maybe an 11. But, I mean, there's – there's going into, going into the season, or right now, definitely, yeah. I mean, he's, what, top five in passing yards. Uh, I mean – he just had a very terrific season. Too bad that, you know, the stuff that has happened off the field for his teammates and his coaching staff. But, I mean, he can't get sure any of that. But, I mean, Derek Carr, he needs to get the credit that he deserves because he is a really good quarterback, and uh, nobody, you know, sees that in him. But, exactly, you know, NFL... I mean, there's not really anything much to talk about in the NFL during the season, but uh, well, what, what... it is it is Friday, it is Friday. Um, I guess we can go right now. I mean, I have him pulled up. I'll list the games. You pick who's going to win. Week twelve Ooh. matchups. Okay. All right, Pittsburgh all right. Steelers versus Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals at home favored minus three and a half. Who you got? Um, you know, Steelers have been struggling a lot this season, whether that's the quarterback, yes, or, you know, other stuff going on with them. You know, at this time last year, they were undefeated. Maybe, mm-hmm. I think they had, I think this was the week that they lost their first game. But, you know, at this time, this, this at this time last year, they were undefeated, and right now, they have a really bad, you know, losing record in the Bengals, who have been one of the most surprising teams this season. Um, I think I'm going to have to take the Bengals. I mean, at home also, that's an advantage. You're going to have the rookie of the year in a, uh, Jamar Chase, you know, our receiver, Joe Burrow. I mean, those, those two guys have been connecting for a lot of, a lot of big plays this season. I'm going to take the Bengals over the Steelers. Yeah, I'm going to take the same thing. Um, I just think the Bengals, they're coming off a win against the Raiders their last week. Um, it's, a, it's just a good quality win, especially after a bunch of losses. And the Steelers have a lot of holes, quarterback, receiving, offense. A lot of question marks on that team. Uh, next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers facing off on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. You know, uh, it's the uh, two MVP leaders right now in Tom Brady and Jonathan Taylor. 
you said uh, Tampa Bay's on the road. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks have been a uh, really. I mean, compared to last season, I don't know. Actually, no. I'm gonna take the Bucks. I mean, there's many reasons why I'm gonna take the Bucks over the Colts. I mean, maybe if Jonathan Taylor has another five game, five TD game, obviously, I mean, they're probably gonna win. But you know, I you can't leave out Tom Brady and all the other you know guys that they have keeping all 22 starters from their Super Bowl team taking the Bucks. I'm gonna go with the Colts. Uh, the Bucks have struggled on the road this season. Um, and I think the Colts are getting hot at the right time. Jonathan Taylor, I think, might have another big game. I'm not saying he's going to have another five-touchdown game. I don't think that's physically possible. But I think they get enough done. Close game against Tampa Bay. Next game, we have the Cam Newton-led Cam Newton since Carolina Panthers and the Miami Dolphins, Dolphins at home. Um, you know, Cam Newton has been a pretty, uh, big signing for the, for the Panthers when they signed him. Uh, Sam Darnold was good the first three games of the season. Everybody was like, you know, he's going to be so good for the Panthers quarterback of the future. No. Uh, Cam Newton, honestly, I think everybody's overreacting about this big old Cam Newton signing thing that he's, you know, back, that he's that good or whatever. Like, honestly, yeah. I mean, he rushed for, like, two touchdowns so far, I'm pretty sure, and threw a couple, maybe. I don't know. Cam Newton. Uh, the Dolphins, I don't have any faith in this season. They were really good last year, but they didn't make the playoffs. They had a winning record. They didn't make the playoffs. I do not like the Dolphins this season. I don't know what it is. I just don't – I just – don't know why they're not playing as well as they did last year. Uh, looks so far looks like Tua Tagovailoa is not was not the right choice at all. I'm gonna be taking the Panthers over the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Panthers too. I think the Dolphins are just a really really bad football team. Surprised they've won four games. Um, next game, Tennessee Titans, best team in the AFC at eight and three, taking on the New England Patriots, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Patriots are at home. Well, it depends if are Adrian Brown and Julio Jones playing because if they are playing, you know that's a different story. You got you you got the best running back possibly in the league out for the rest for you know things the rest of the season. Um, oh shoot, why am I blanking on the other team they said? Patriots. 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 Patriots have been probably the hottest team in football right now. With uh, Mac Jones, he could also, you know, be in that uh, offensive rookie of the year hunt, as well as Jamar Chase. I think it's them two in the top for me. Um, Mac Jones, honestly, bro, me and Connor were, like, during the draft, me and him were like, bro, if the 49ers pick Mac Jones right here, number three overall, we are going to clown them for the rest of, you know, their existence. Looks like he sh- probably should have gotten – Possibly number one, number two, yeah. with, with how Trevor Lawrence hasn't, you know, been. I mean, he he's been okay with the Jaguars. Zach Wilson hasn't been that good, and neither has Trey Lance with limited playing time. Um, and uh, also, you know, Justin Fields could have been up there too in the top three. But you know, I mean, I think the Patriots could pull this off against the Titans. I'm gonna take the Patriots right here. It all depends if Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are both playing. Because if they are not playing, they are not going to win this game with their top three playmakers out. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Patriots, too. Depending if A.J. Brown and Julio Jones play, I don't think it matters. A.J. Brown has not been productive this season. And Julio Jones, I haven't heard a single whisper about him since he got traded. And the Patriots are on absolute fire. Uh, next game, battle in the NFC East. We have the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Giants at home. Giants are at home. Who are you going to take? Um, I mean, this is – I mean, it's not really a battle of the NFC East because Cowboys are going to win that division. It's a battle for 
you know, who gets a higher draft pick. Really, I mean, that's all it is. I think the Eagles are going to, you know, actually, yeah, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. Yes, they're away. But uh, I think, you know, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, uh, you know, could uh, win this game against the Giants. I don't really know what to say because these teams are not good. But, yeah, I think the Eagles are going to win. They're better. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles, too. They've been very, very productive this season. And um, let me just play this clip right here that you said on Know the Game episode 11 on August 16th about the Philadelphia Eagles. Pretty much looks like that pick's going to be a first-round pick. Or, I don't know, actually. But Jalen Hurts, I mean, if he can live up to what the Eagles are expecting him to play like, I think this team could possibly win three games. Well, the Eagles are five and six, so that <laughs> prediction is not going uh, to plan. I'm going to pick the Eagles to win this game as well. <laughs> Next game, Falcons on the road taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, another thing with the Falcons, I don't really know what you know had they have been doing these past two weeks. They've scored three for sure three points total that combined with their team the last two weeks. Scored a field goal against the Cowboys and they got shut out the next game. Uh I think they're gonna take an L. Um oh my god, who's the other team again? I can't I wanna make like on the other teams. Jaguars. Jaguars. Jaguars actually yes, they are the Jaguars are gonna win this game. You wanna know why? Just because they are. Yeah, same. Um, yeah. Jets, Texans. Texans coming off a very good defensive game. Games. Games. Very good defensive games. Um, uh, you know, people thought Texans, worst team. No Deshaun Watson, worst team. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is good. No, he's not. Uh, I think the Texans are going to beat the Jets right here. Uh, Zach Wilson is not going to play him. I don't know. I don't know. Not paying attention to these terrible teams. But, uh, you know, Texans are going to win because Jets and Texans both suck because Texans are better somehow. The Texans are a good 2-8. and eight. Give me the Texans. Chargers against the Broncos in Denver. Mm. This is a Big. really yeah, this is big, big, huge for both of these teams. That's what. Okay. Um. Uh, they both of these teams, you know, Chargers. They were really hot going into the or, or the first couple games into the season. They're possibly the the best team. Uh, one of the best teams in the. They were the best team in the AFC West, but. Uh, Broncos. You know, I think the Chargers are going to win this game, even though it's in Denver. I think the the Chargers are a way better team than the Broncos. Uh, you know, you got that 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 weather that's not going to be you know good, especially in winter time. So if it comes down to a last second field goal, it's going to hurt both. It's going to hurt one of these two teams. I'm taking the Chargers here in Denver. I'm going to take the Broncos at home. I, I think the Chargers, you know, they, they've lost a few games that you think they'd win. And this is another one that happens. This is another really good game. Rams-Packers in Green Bay. Uh, Rams-Packers in Green Bay. Wow. So, the thing about the Rams is that they are a good team. The thing about the Packers is that they are also a really good team. Now, I mean, the only thing that comes in play here is who has home field advantage. Because if teams that are stacked the way that these two teams are, it all matters on who has home field advantage. And the Packers do. I'm going to take the Packers right here against the Rams. It's, you know, you know, it's like first seed. I'm pretty sure the Packers have the first seed. And it's, what, fifth seed? What's second seed? It's first seed. Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals have the first seed. Yeah. Well, sure the Rams have like the fifth seed. They need to get higher seeds, obviously. 
but you know the, the the Packers need to pull this game off right here uh, to beat the Rams to have better you know uh, hopes to beat them in the playoffs. Yeah, Packers over Rams. Packers because they're at home. Vikings, Niners. Both these teams are five and five. You know, Niners up there with the uh, the Dolphins that have been you know disappointing this season. Thought the Niners were going to be really good. Their defense, when you know, you know, was injured last season. A lot of players were injured last season for the Niners, uh, and you know they're back, not playing as well as everybody thought they would be playing. Uh, but you know the they are playing the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to pull this off. I move to six and five. Uh, I just think. You know, Vikings receivers are probably going to have a big game because if Dallin Cook isn't playing, I don't know if he's playing or not, they have to have a big game. Vikings are going to win against the Niners. I'm going to take the Vikings because I think the 49ers suck this season. Second to last game. This is a Sunday night football game. Cleveland Browns taking on the division rival Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you know, I just say right now that the the 49ers were a disappointing team. I think the Browns are a pretty disappointing team. Um, Ravens are really good. I'm going to take the Ravens over here. Lamar Jackson uh, is going to be good. I'm going to take the Ravens. Yeah, Browns are going to lose because Baker Mayfield is not good. Finally, Monday Night Football, Seahawks against the football team. Uh, Seahawks, because if you lose to a team that has the football team as their name, you suck. Washington, because the Seahawks are bad. All right, moving on to the next category. We have MLB. Uh, it's the MLB offseason. It's free agency time. It's trade time. And, you know, there's a lot of urgency going around MLB offseason because December 1st is the last day of the CBA, and there's a looming lockout looming strike a looming lockout so a lot of people a lot of rumors and stuff is heating up right now we've already had big signings and guys like no Syndergaard heading to the angels and Stephen Matz going to the cardinals um where should we start off on here let's start off with the shortstops this is okay this is the best um free agency class for shortstops you have Corey Seager Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, Marcus Semien, and Javier Baez are the top five shortstop free agents. Let's go through. Where do you think each of these guys ends up going? Starting you know, with Corey Seager. As a Dodgers fan, you'd love to have Corey Seager back, but I don't think it's really going to happen. You know, with all the money that the Dodgers, you know, have. I don't know. I mean, I think that the Seagulls, of course, going to want a lot of money. Um, Dodgers aren't going to want to pay him that a lot of that much money. I think he's going to, you know, go to the Yankees like he's, you know, predicted to. Uh, I mean, he's going to go to the Yankees. Everybody's going to say that the Yankees are going to, you know, make the World Series, win the World Series, and they're going to get kicked out the wild card. Four series to the Yankees. I'm going to say he re-signs with the Dodgers. Um, I just think, you know, he's been there his entire career. I think the guys the Dodgers are going to re-sign is going to be Kershaw, Chris Taylor, and Corey Seager. I think Max Scherzer is going to leave. I think Kevin Jansen's time as a Dodger is done. So I think Corey Seager re-signs with the Dodgers because um, I, I just don't think the Yankees are going to go out and sign a shortstop. They do have a top 15 prospect who is a shortstop. Um, yeah, next guy, Trevor Story. You know, you've seen you've seen rumors about him going to the to the Rangers or the Astros. Um, it's all a matter of fact if Carlos Correa stays with the Astros, then he'd go to the Astros. Maybe I don't know. He's not gonna go to the Rangers because the Rangers are just like the Rockies; they suck. He's not gonna go to the Rangers. I don't know why everybody says he's going to the Rangers. He wants to win games. He, I think he's gonna go to the Astros. It's again. It's all a matter of fact. If he goes, if he, if Trevor, or if Carlos Correa stays with the Astros, he's not going to go there. He's going to go somewhere else. 
Don't know where, though. I think he's going to go to the Astros. I think Trevor Story signs back with his buddy Nolan Arenado in St. Louis. The Cardinals need a shortstop. The shortstop production they've gotten from, from Paul DeYoung has not been good. He's a terrible offensive player. And Trevor Story, you know, he had a down there last season, but he's still one of the best shortstops in baseball. And you're not going to get him on an eight-year deal. You're not going to have to pay him $200 million. You can sign Trevor Story to five years, $150 million probably. And that's really going to be a nice, really nice team in St. Louis in a very easy division. Next, we have Carlos Correa. Um, you know, you've seen a lot of rumors going with Carlos Correa. I do not like Carlos Correa at all. And, you know, the Tigers, I think, I think he's going to go to the Tigers. Uh, Tigers looking to push, you know, to to be that good team in the future. They have a lot of, you know, key prospects to do that uh, with them, with guys like Spencer Torkelson. And, uh, you know, Carlos Correa, I think he's going to go to the Tigers, not only because I hate Carlos Correa and I want him to go to a bad team so he can rot his career away. Actually, no, that is the reason why I want to have him go to the Tigers. I'm going to have Carlos Correa go to the Philadelphia Phillies. This team has spent money on Bryce Harper, Zach Wheeler, uh, JT Romuto, and this team needs to make the playoffs. I think they need a shortstop. Carlos Correa is a guy that could go there in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I just think everybody picking Detroit, you have, in my opinion, when everyone picks something, you have to go the, and pick the other thing. Um, whether or not that works out most of the time doesn't matter. Um, sorry, this text message just threw me off. Um, anyways, yeah, Carlos Cray to the Phillies. Oh my gosh, please stop texting me. Um, Marcus Semyon, where do you think this guy is going to go? He was a top three MVP finisher for the second time. Uh, Marcus Simeon, I, uh, I don't think the, uh, Blue Jays aren't going to want to, you know, lose a guy like him. But, I mean, I think it is, you know, bound to happen, maybe. Uh, if you if you were not to go to the Blue Jays, I think he'd go to the Phillies. Uh, but I think he's going to stay with the Blue Jays. Uh, I think the Blue Jays are going to pay him big-time money to stay with him or stay with them. Uh, he was really good this last season. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to resign with the Blue Jays. I'm going to pick a team that for some reason is wanting to sign people when they should be clearly rebuilding. I'm going to pick the Rangers. They've met with some shortstops, and they want to spend money for some weird reason. I think Marcus Simeon's the guy that they get. I think Simeon's just going to chase a bag and sign somewhere else. And the last shortstop we have, uh, who played second base last season as well, Javi Baez. Yeah, Javi Baez. Uh, signed or not signed, traded to the Mets, and uh, they sucked after that. Um, you know, there was stuff during the season last year about if he wanted to, you know, reunite with the Cubs, and he said, Yeah, that'd be awesome to do that. Um, I, in, I honestly, I don't think he goes to the, to the Cubs, I think he's gonna go to the Nationals. Because mm. the Nationals are in that rebuilding, uh, you know, phase, obviously, because they traded away their whole team. Uh, you know, he is 29, I believe. About, I think he's turning 29 or he is 29. Uh, he's going to get a lot of money, a lot of years. The Nationals are looking for that, another uh, type guy that they can keep for a long year, long uh, term deal. You know, they're going to have. Juan Soto for a pretty long time, hopefully. And uh, I think Javier Baez is going to help them in that rebuilding phase. He's, I think he's going to the Nationals. This is who I think is going to – this is who I think the Tigers are going to sign. I think they're going to get Baez. Rumors are that he's met with them and talked with them. Uh, I think this is the guy they sign. Um, this is probably their backup plan to Carlos Correa. Javier Baez had a really good season with the Mets. And he is a very um, confusing player. All right, moving on. We have another shortstop. 
but this guy is 20 years old and signed a, a really big extension. Gavin, what can you tell us about this Wander Franco extension? Wander Franco, uh, you know, he was top pro- the number one prospect, got called up in the middle of the season, uh, and he made a he was a very big impact for this Rays baseball team. Uh, he was really good. Honestly, I think it, he got signed to 12 years or 11 years, $182 million with an uh, option the next year to make it a $25 million option for 12 years. So in total, 12 years, $223 million right there for Juan Franco. And wow. to think he'd be 30, 32, 33 when this contract is up, which is still pretty young, young, youngish. Um, you know, and he's he's twenty years old. I mean, honestly, I, if I were Juan Franco, I would have waited until maybe the middle of the season, at the end of the season, and then signed a bigger contract for more money, like more money, because I think the Rays are looking this like looking at this like, yo, this dude obviously is our future. Let's get him now when he's cheaper, barely played in the MLB. If I were him, I would have waited you know, maybe a, a little bit longer to sign a contract extension, but I think it's very huge for him, his family, and the Rays. Yeah, I think this is big, and it's very different of the Rays to do. They are usually known as a team that trades people a few years before they're about to be free agents. Um, they don't sign guys to much money over, like, $10 million. If I were Ronda Franco, though, I would have waited, like you said, this is almost like the, the deal that the, the Braves got Ronald Acuna Jr. on. They signed him to an eight-year, $100 million deal. Absolute steal for the Braves. If I'm Wander Franco, I would have waited a few more seasons when you're one of the best shortstops in baseball. And then you can go out there and you can demand like $20, $30 million a season. The Rays wouldn't be able to pay you. Then you get traded or something. Um, but it is a good move. He gets paid. The Rays have their shortstop for the next 12 years on their roster um the angels my favorite team the story for the past few off seasons have been they need to get pitching they finally signed a pitcher noah Syndergaard. how many do you think the angels will sign more pitching you know the angels have always been that team to sign you know the the biggest name in free agency for as much as money as much money as they can and that's it that's all they do for example, Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon has been the biggest disappointment in all of baseball. He sucks, and he's never playing. Anyways, the uh, Angels, they really do need pitching. Uh, you know, guys like Shohei, he's bound, I hate to say this, but he's bound to get injured at some point or, you know, pitching and then hitting. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt his body a little bit. Getting a guy like Noah Syndergaard, helps even though it's for a one-year deal it helps a lot uh for this pitching staff if they want to go if they want to make that push in the postseason and Aaron Loop you know in the bullpen can be very very big uh that's okay uh that yes um he was big for the Mets he didn't but they didn't use him as much as they should have he was yeah. really good with the Mets but they didn't use him at all these two guys can help the Angels in a massive in a, a huge way. <laughs> I don't think the Angels are done, and I hope they're not done. Aaron Loop was a really good pickup. I never heard of this dude in my life um, until I had to look him up. And he's actually was really good last season. He had a sub-1 ERA with the Mets. Um, Noah Syndergaard, also with the Mets, coming off Tommy John. But it's, he's two years removed from that. He should be fully healthy and ready to dominate this season. I think the Angels are going to go out and they're going to sign one or two more guys. I think the guys that they could possibly sign are Marcus Stroman, Max Scherzer, and maybe even a guy like Kevin Gosman. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think the Angels are not done. Maybe even a relief pitcher. Um, and then the offensive side is, is, is really set. Hopefully Anthony Rendon starts being good. Anything else you want to talk about in the MLB? Uh, you know, there's some 
pitchers getting signed, re-signed. Alex, Alex Wood, Anthony Desipani getting signed with the Giants. Alex Wood for two years, and Alex Anthony Desipani for three years. Uh, they're really good for the Giants this year. You know, the Giants, best team in baseball last year. Uh, <clears throat> you know, they could... Uh, they could they could use these pitching staff this extra pitch staff if they don't uh, get Kevin Gossman back. Yeah, they they both both these guys were very good for the Giants. They do need to they do need to go out there and make moves. They had a very lucky season, you could say, last year. A lot of a lot of uh, pieces fell into place. You can't count on luck to happen twice. So they need to go out and get some pitchers. And these guys are very good quality pitchers. Um, and if they lose Kevin Gosman, maybe they can go out and sign someone else, like a Max Scherzer would be crazy, bring them up north. Yeah, um, I guess speaking of the Bay Area, I guess this could be the last thing in the MLB area. The Oakland A's are about to enter a rebuild, about to trade a lot of guys. Their manager left to the Padres. And now it looks like they're going to be trading Matt Chapman and Matt Olson sooner rather than later. Matt Olson's one of the best first basemen in baseball, and a lot of rumors are... I mean, for him and for both of these guys is, is the New York Yankees. What do you do? You have, what do you what would you have to say on these guys where they go? Anything? Honestly, I don't think it's really that good of an idea, but uh, I've also seen stuff with the Mariners. And let me tell you guys, mm-hmm. if you guys think that either of these two guys are going to the Mariners, you guys are insane. You think they're going to trade like basically their best two players to their division rivals? You guys are idiots. Anyways, honestly, trading Matt Olson or even Matt Chapman, I don't think you know it could be that good of an idea. Matt Chapman really only is a glove. Uh, Matt Olson, you know, one of the best first basemen in baseball. I think they should they should at least try to keep him if they're going to keep anybody here. Him rather than Matt Chapman. Uh, I don't even know who they would go to. I mean, pretty much all the signing and trading predictions is always the Yankees, but it never actually is the Yankees. Yeah. So, honestly, I don't think they should get them out of here. I just think they it's, have, it's... They, they have money to re-sign them to a longer extension, but the, the A's don't know how to spend money. Yeah, their payroll is going to be less than $40 million this season, which is absolutely insane because Trevor Bauer's salary is $40 million for next season. So they're paying their whole roster what Trevor Bauer is going to make, whether or not he plays. Um, But the Oakland A's, their franchise value is worth $1.1 billion, and they don't spend any money because they don't think they have money, but they do. Oakland A's are a weird franchise. yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for the MLB uh, on this episode. Once again, just a little quick plug. Know the Game is available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, or however you listen to your podcast. Go check out the Instagram, know.the.game, um, and tell people. All right, NBA. The Warriors... Uh, have lost two games, and Steph Curry is like an MVP front runner. I mean, they are looking unstoppable, and they don't even have Klay Thompson back from injury yet. This team is scary, and they are about to get way more scary when they add Klay Thompson back. Can anyone beat this team, and are they your favorites? Oh, you know, the Warriors are looking like 2016 Warriors. Uh you know, if you take Steph Curry out of this mix, who knows? But, you know, you don't even have your second best player on the team. You don't even have him. And you're telling me uh, you're telling me that you're first in all of baseball right now? Uh, or not baseball, NBA. You're first in all NBA right now? I think the Warriors are the favorites to win the NBA Finals right now. So, uh, you know, getting Clay Thompson back this season and sooner rather than later would help them a ton. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the Warriors are going to probably win the one seed in the Western Conference. They have had, they've had so many good guys. Jordan, um, what's that guy's name? 
Jordan Poole, I think is his name. Very good player. Steph Curry is obviously like the best point guard in the league. One of the best players in the league. Going to win his third MVP. Draymond Green, Steve Kerr. This whole squad is, is playing amazing. And Steph Curry is the MVP frontrunner right now. I don't think this team can be stopped. And this is like vintage Warriors dynasty coming back alive. Um, Jalen Green, the rookie for the Houston Rockets, former second overall pick last year. Missing some time with a hamstring injury. This really shouldn't impact the Rockets at all, as the Rockets have only won two games this season. Uh, they they have been absolutely horrible. Jalen Green doesn't help at all. Um, he's just putting out empty stats, and this entire Houston Rockets team sucks. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jalen Green... Uh... You know, he, he he has been a really good for the for the uh Rockets. You, you say about empty stats. Uh you always talk about empty stats, you say how exactly being for the empty stats. Look at him now. Look at him now, Connor. What yeah. about his empty stats? Anyways. They're not so empty you know, anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know Jalen Green, it is gonna suck. I mean, not for the Rockets. That's going to suck his rookie of the year voting is all that matters about this. Um, whether, you know, he uh, is out for a significant time. If he only if he's only out for a couple weeks or only out for one week, I mean, if he's out for a couple weeks more, it's going to affect his rookie of the year voting a lot. And that's all that really matters about this injury because the Rockets are not going anywhere. Okay, I'm going to say this again about, you know, how I said about the Eagles. Without Jalen Green, Rockets winning 16 games, 17 games at most. I think the most games that team can win is about three, and they have two wins this season. So I don't know when this next win's going to come, but it's – it's uh... Also, if they're going to trade John Wall. Yeah, John Wall's not going to get traded anywhere. He has, like, the biggest contract on earth. Um, I guess with Jalen Green being injured in his rookie of the year case, another guy who currently is missing time but is in the rookie of the year race as well, Evan Mobley, former alumni of my high school. Um, And then even another guy who's in the MVP race is Scotty Barnes. Which of those guys do you think is the MVP Front runner, and who do you think was going to win that award? The MVP front runner. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, rookie, rookie of the year MVP. <laughs> you never know. Rookie of the year front runner. I mean, it, if uh, Evan Mobley can stay healthy, I think it would be Evan Mobley, honestly, because he's just really good. But I think right now, Scotty Barnes. He, yeah, he is a front runner. I mean, he is the best rookie out of all rookies. Um, Katie Cunningham. He's not as good as everybody thought he was. Yeah, he missed some time, but he's not good. I think Scotty Barnes is going to be good. Oh, yeah, Scotty Barnes. I didn't think he was going to get drafted as high as he did, especially the Raptors. I thought he should have went somewhere else. Uh, but he's really proven that wrong. He's playing uh, very, very good this season. Um, ben Simmons is apparently going broke because he hasn't played all these fines. I don't really know how accurate that is because he's like worth he's a lot of money. Broke. He's going broke because of the fines and his ridiculous spending habit. Yeah, well, why don't you just stop spending money and start playing basketball again? Um, and then finally, um, Kyle Kuzma uh, is the first ever member of the Know the Game meme team. I feel like we're going to start adding to this. Um, whether it's on the Instagram or on the podcast, we're going to start adding to the meme team. Then we'll give a recap someday in the future. Yeah, so Kyle Kuzma, congratulations for being the first ever member to enter the meme team. This is why we'll put a picture up on the screen on the on the podcast on YouTube. Uh, this absolutely atrocious outfit that he was wearing, Gavin sent it to me, and I almost died. Like, what the heck was that? He was wearing a all pink sweater, pink, pink sweater, 
that looked like it fit on it. The giant from Jack and the Beanstalk. Like, it it was so <laughs> huge. It went over his hands by, like, 30 inches. His hands, like, the, the sleeves went... You, what are the point of the sleeves? Like, what are the point of having hands if you're wearing that sweater? Yeah, I don't even know, like, why... He probably thinks that's drip, and he probably thinks that's the drippiest thing he's ever worn. Um, that's not drip, it's sweat. Okay. I, I, as a Lakers fan, I've seen so much drip, drip, from Kyle Kuzma. I've seen so much clothes. What is this dude's wardrobe? I want to see a picture of it, because... I don't know where he's buying these clothes from. I would definitely say we have improved our style game with Russell Westbrook. Not saying it's super good. I think how uh, they both dress bad. Westbrook definitely dresses better than Kyle Kuzma, but not by much. They still both suck. Okay. Which should we do first? Do you want to do this ranking or talk about college football? I think that about college football. All right. College football. Um, the college football playoff top four was announced uh, on Tuesday, uh, Thanksgiving week. Top four goes Georgia one, Ohio State number two, Alabama number three, and Cincinnati number four. This is a big weekend. Uh, also, Michigan is number five. And Ohio From State and Michigan playoffs. That was Notre no Notre Dame. Dame's Notre Dame six. Oh wait, Michigan's yeah, Michigan's five. But Ohio State and Michigan play on Saturday, and Ohio State has won like every matchup to ever be played between these two teams. I don't know how it's a rivalry um, when Michigan gets clapped every single year. But if Michigan wins and Ohio State loses, Mich- Michigan will most likely make the college football playoff. But the main point I want to bring up. Georgia and Alabama are going to play in the SEC championship game. Georgia Georgia has not lost a game, and Alabama has lost one. If Alabama, if Alabama loses the SEC championship, do you think they get into the college football playoff, and should they get in? I think they would get in, but I don't think they should get in. Yeah. Uh, because it's Alabama, and... I do. I don't think they should get in, because uh, one, they lost to Texas A&M, and two, they lost to Texas A&M. Yes, yes. I think if they lose to Georgia, you could see it. And let's say Ohio State beats Michigan, you could see Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, and then maybe even Notre Dame making the college football playoff. But then in the end, it's just going to come down to Georgia and Ohio State playing in the championship because. Cincinnati is going to lose to one of these these top schools when they when they get in, and Notre Dame every single year that they've made it get blown out of town. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of Cincinnati, I was just watching me Hunter was watching the Cincinnati game right today against a, was it Eastern Carolina or something like that. Yeah. If they play anything like they just did, I know they won the game by a lot. Watch the yeah, first, play good, like, two, or first quarter, maybe into the second quarter. It was a bad game. Cincinnati was terrible. Like, first quarter, they were losing, like, 3-0. to zero. <coughs> They were losing, like, 3-0 to zero the whole, basically, first quarter. It was a bad game. If they play anything like that, they're going to get demolished by Georgia or whoever they're going to play in, in probably this point. Yes. All right. Um, I guess we're going to end it off here with a top three ranking. Um, there's not enough people to necessarily do a draft because it's just two of us. So we're going to do a ranking. We're going to give our, uh, it is officially, in my opinion, Christmas season. It is now okay to start celebrating Christmas. Our top three Christmas songs. Gavin, what is your number three Christmas song? Number three, I'm going to say Jingle Bell Rock. Okay. 
Now, fun fact about Jingle, I think it was Jingle Bell. I think it was Jingle Bell Rocks or either Jingle Bell. One of the two. Fun fact about that, it was actually, uh, when the song was made, it was actually meant to be for Thanksgiving. Fun fact. What? Yeah. Bro, how? Pretty weird. I don't know. That's what my language arts teacher, my English teacher, my social studies teacher, whatever. That's what she told us. I was like, what the heck? How does that even work? <laughs> my number three um, is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by Frank Sinatra. This one in is, is number three for me um, just because it's a nice, slower Christmas song. You know, very nice, slow pace with Sinatra's beautiful voice. Um, yeah. What is your number two? My number two is it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. That's probably, you know, if this number one was not existing, obviously that'd be my, that'd be my number one. But, you know, this Christmas song is an absolute classic. Used to hear this. I used to bump this in my car when I was in the 90s, bro. Top Straight notch. up. My number two is Jingle Bell Rock. I mean, this thing is it, it makes my ears do things that I didn't even know was possible that ears could do. Um, it's just such a beautiful song. I mean, like everything about it is I, I think I tried learning this guitar, this song on guitar. And when I used to take guitar class in like freshman year of high school. Um, yeah. What is your number one Christmas song? <sighs> this song about two, three years ago, I stayed up uh, a long time listening to this song on a repeat. Uh, this song is probably the best Christmas song to ever exist, ever. Uh, probably one of the best songs to ever exist, ever. Uh, props to Mariah Carey for all that went for Christmas. Wow, Christmas no way. Bro. Yeah, I mean, this song is amazing. It's probably the best song ever, you know? You know, I don't, I don't want a lot of presents, but all I want for Christmas is you. Not you. Not not you. You know, that's, that's, that's the lyrics of the song. I am very surprised that you put that. I think that is one of the most overrated Christmas songs. Um, my number one, this is my favorite song. I love the guitar on it, and I love this woman's scratchy voice. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. I mean, this song is like, from, I, I hear this song in Home Alone 1, you know, in the house party scene. Um, and I also think of this song, I just think of like 1950s for some reason. That's why I think of 1950s, 60s. This song is, is just, it's beautiful, bro. It's so good. Um yeah, hopefully we can. I can put audio clips of the songs in here without getting like in trouble by copyright. Bro, I just I need to talk about this right now, bro. I just saw this. It says LeBron James was just fined fifteen thousand dollars for an obscene gesture that he made after scoring a shot. If you don't know what he did, he grabbed oh, his. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dang. He also only got suspended one game for that fight with Isaiah Stewart. He should have got suspended more. Yeah, but it's LeBron James. Yeah, he like is the NBA. Well, um, to be honest, but, if this was anybody else, he they'd be fined more money. Yeah, the Mets just signed Mark Canna, or about to. That's cool. Um, oh Zion Williamson has been cleared to. For full basketball activities. So Zion's finally going to play after sitting on the couch and eating gumbo for the past three months. Oh, okay, 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 Connor. Connor. Going around the room. What did you learn today? I learned that Jingle Bell Rock was originally going to be a Thanksgiving song. <laughs> what did you learn today? You know, I learned that uh, we are making an NBA meme team. And uh, Kyle Kuzma... Know the game music, not just NBA. No, it's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Know the game yeah. music. Kyle Kuzma being the first official member of the Know the Game Lean team. We are proudly, we, we were happy to have you, Kyle Kuzma, if you're watching this. Probably not. 
thank you for yeah. being Al weird. Kuzma. Come on, come on the podcast. Pause. <laughs> Join us on the podcast <laughs> with your wonky Join fit. Us, yeah, and wear a dumb fit. Like, yeah. uh, never mind. Wear a normal fit because you probably will be dumb. Yeah. Um. Know the game. Merch. I don't John know. has a torn ACL. Let's... No way. <laughs> it says he's walking to the locker room and can't put any pressure on his leg. Oh, yeah. John Moran's going to have like a torn ACL. RIP his career. Next, Derek Rose. Hopefully not. Yeah, know the game merch. Forget. We're going to make it. Um, Follow the Instagram. No dot the dot game. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no cap. No caps. <laughs> no caps. No spaces, just no dot 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 game on Instagram. No, it's not. It's not. A, it's not. You don't actually spell the word dot. It's a period. No period. The period game. Um, yeah, and then we'll 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 even make a Kyle Kuzma shirt with a picture of his shirt on the shirt, and we'll make T-shirts and stickers. Um, yeah, that's gonna do it though, for this episode thirteen of Know the Game. Available on YouTube, Spotify, and what? Apple podcast. Apple's podcast. All right, Gavin, you can do the outro. And I already started, but we're rocking around Christmas tree, Let's... and we're saying goodbye today.